everybody. This is Jeff Ashkin in Los Angeles, California, with Roy Cole in Jersey City, New Jersey, and Derek Kessler in Yokohama, Japan. And this is Coast to Coast to Coast. Whoa, what happened? No, uh, no fancy pun in the intro. Yeah, I know. Speaking of funny things, anything funny happened to anybody this week? Um, I don't know if this is funny, but it, it kind of gave me a chuckle um, living in Japan. And uh, people are really excited about the Olympics here. <laughs> don't, don't tell them it was canceled. <laughs> well, <laughs> well the, the, the thing that I saw this past week is kind of sad because I was walking... Um, outside to to do a, a grocery run and, and there's this area that i passed by and since a year ago they put up this electronic billboard that was saying like how many days left until the olympics so it was like <laughs> counting down from like a year and like every day yeah. it would like automatically go down and people were like getting really excited about it so i passed by the other day because <laughs> like before it was like 30 days you know, 27 days, it was like counting down and then I passed the other day and it was like 473 <laughs> days. <laughs> they had to reset it, reset it. It's like higher than when they started. <laughs> so it was, I just felt so bad because um, they're so excited about it that they made an electric billboard for it. Yeah, and now it's, like, it's a, rem- a reminder of like the tragic situation. Yeah, yeah. It's like it can't be used for anything else. It's like got pictures of like the Olympics on it and stuff. So it's like kind oh, of um, kind of sad, but it it did give me a little bit of a chuckle. Um, but yeah, people here are still excited about the Olympics. Obviously, I mean they probably can't even hire anyone to take down the billboard because it's like non essential <laughs> work. So they're True. just stuck with it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually, I don't know why, I was, just, I was just thinking about this week, this past week, I was thinking about those old Pace Picante salsa commercials, where those group of cowboys are sitting around a campfire, and their chef serves them a salsa that they really don't like, and it's revealed that the salsa is made in New York City, and they get really, 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 really angry, and it <laughs> ends with them saying, get a rope, like they're going to kill the <laughs> They're going to kill him. Yeah, I mean, like, it really bothered me, because like, he probably spent all day on the trail, cooking them up dinner and yeah maybe he got to he got salsa in new york city there's salsa in new york city that's good i don't <laughs> understand why they kept and they kept playing the commercial over and over again and it made me not want to get that particular brand of salsa it like it did the reverse effect on me <laughs> you know it's uh to... that reminds me of a similar themed commercial do you remember all fruit the jelly company oh yeah like please pass the jelly yeah, yeah. So the commercials, it was like always these hoity-toity aristocrats going like, would you please pass the all fruit? And so I was like, oh, yes, yes, please pass the all fruit to me. And then some plebe would be like, could you please pass the jelly? And everyone would be like, gasp! <laughs> and then it would be like, all fruit, the classy jelly. And then, yeah, after the commercial, I'm like, I want to be like that yokel who just wants jelly. Like, he seems a lot less wound up than the other people yeah exactly like i i don't there was a lot of marketing campaigns back in the day that i don't think 
were very effective. But then again, I wasn't a consumer really back then, so I don't know. I don't, but I just, I don't know. It really pissed me off, though, that they endorsed these murderous cowboys who would kill somebody, <laughs> beating them, salsa they didn't like. You but know. then you you remembered it, right? And I, isn't that the number one goal of a commercial is just to imprint so. the it, brand it, name? The number one goal is just to mem to to remember it, but not think of it fondly. Then yeah, mission accomplished. <laughs> um, remember the if, grape coupon commercials where like people would like drive, you yeah, would like yeah, drive yeah, next yeah. to somebody, and they would be asked for, "Do you have any grape coupon?" And they would just hand it outside the window. Yeah, like, yeah, that like was the, also the the same theme that that like you need yeah, to use like classy mustard. mustard. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, so I, I instead of a fun fact today, I was gonna try this. Uh, I was gonna try something different, just to change it up. I don't know if this is gonna play. I mean, you folks at home, if You're you gonna have all the fans that have, that yeah. have been sending us emails about how much they love yeah. the fact of the days, but okay, Jeff, go ahead, ruin it. The cliche of the day is the extra large air vent. If the hero is locked in a room by the bad guys, there's usually a huge air vent in the room, big enough to crawl through. And better still, the front grill is not screwed into the wall. It can be easily removed with no tools. You've seen these. I, I always love, in the, you know, I have such a small air conditioning vent in my apartment. And I, I don't know how the hell anyone thought of, hey, let's just make it bigger. No one's going to notice. Like, I always notice. I'm always looking at air vents and thinking, oh, I got to crawl through there. Hmm. Now, what if what if you just have a, a box AC unit? <laughs> that would that would be disappointing if you're like I'm gonna crawl through the building and then you go in the box AC and it's like that's it you're just stuck in the box now yeah and then the bad guys are like aha he fell for it ha <laughs> he fell for my vent trick yeah <laughs> oh my god all right well I just I I I I see a lot of movies I see a lot of cliches so I just thought that was one of the ones that I, not I to be uh not to be morbid but uh. Immediately thought of the one movie where that cliche is not true, which Tell is uh, uh, Schindler's List. Oh, <laughs> Def <laughs> definitely no large air vent to escape uh, in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Are you using that to connect to our next topic? <laughs> I didn't think about that, but uh, it's a good well, segue. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, great segue. Would you like to introduce the next topic, Roy? Sure, sure. This is something on my mind. But my question is, uh, what is a movie or even just one scene in a movie that makes you cry? Or if you're too much of a man to cry, at least makes you teary-eyed. <laughs> well, the reason I thought that was a good segue was because the first movie that ever made me cry was Schindler's List. Oh. I remember... I remember seeing it on TV. So I was in my room. I wasn't in the movie theater. And I just remember having seen a lot of movies up until that point and not crying, even though I could tell it was part of the movie that was trying to make you cry. And then I remember seeing that movie, in particular, the, the climactic scene where Liam Neeson gives the speech. I just remember like bawling after that and every time i've seen it since i, I it definitely gets me teary-eyed that one part mm. um that was the first movie that made me cry i don't know about you guys but do you i find that since i've gotten a little bit older 
it's easier for me to cry during movies. Is it just me? Uh, I feel like I cry more often during movies now than um, mm-hmm. like even when I was a child when you think like children are more apt to cry uh, spontaneously. But yeah, when I was a child, I didn't really cry during movies. But now as an adult, uh, yeah, if something I, affects me the right way. I yeah, agree. I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. I feel like, um, you know, we've been through some things now. So like things are more effective yeah. to us. You know exactly i was i was thinking it's probably a combination of one when you're younger when you're like a teenager and you're seeing movies with your friends and you kind of just put up this this like uh like a friend you know, I'm, I'm, yeah i'm like macho and i don't need i'm not gonna cry this doesn't make me cry kind of front and even if there's something that is maybe tickling your emotions you you try to resist it but then the other thing is what Jeff mentioned. I think having been through some traumatic or just saddening experiences throughout my life, I find that I can relate to more situations, whether they're sad or not. And when there is a situation that's sad, whether it involves a character um, who's dying or just you know something um that could that you can maybe relate to with one of your own experiences uh i i think it it definitely makes me more emotional than it probably would have say 10 years ago you know it's funny when you say relatable because there's a scene in a pixar movie uh called inside out i know you guys both heard it of course i've seen but, it yeah and, and it involves the character of bing bong helping the main character escape and i don't know why obviously you know it's in a one is a, a personification of happiness. The other is an imaginary friend. And that whole scene, I don't know what it is. It destroys me. Like it just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think, I don't know if you know what scene I'm talking about. I don't want to spoil it. For yeah, anybody no. the movie. yeah, I know what, what happens in that scene. Yeah. yeah. But it just, it just gets, even thinking about it right now, I'm afraid I'm going to cry <laughs> on this podcast. And so we got to move on. So... <laughs> Well, I in that same vein, um, Schindler's List being the first movie that kind of right. opened up my emotional sense, I would say recently um, Coco made me cry. Interesting. Um, this, particularly the scene when, I don't want to give too much away, but at, at the end, towards the end of the movie, there's an emotional scene when um, Miguel uh, locks himself in the room with his uh great grandmother and um yeah that that scene really i've seen the movie four times i think (laughs) and i it gets me teary every time that particular scene yeah i don't know if you i like that movie too i i haven't seen coco i have to watch that well that's really good get the issues ready and (laughs) you'll enjoy it what about you yeah what about you roy uh so yeah so i uh, i had two movies that immediately came to mind what one is kind of well known as a tearjerker the other is not that well known but uh the first one is a uh, field of dreams right mm-hmm. the movie with kevin costner and uh and specifically the the final scene in the movie uh where he plays catch with his dad uh, I don't, Derek, did you see the movie? 
Yeah, I've seen it. It's been kind of a while. I haven't seen it in, I, I won't say I've seen it since I've become an adult. So maybe it didn't make me cry when I saw it the first time. Okay. Even today, when I just play the YouTube clip of that scene, uh, I start to get teary-eyed, even without the context of the whole movie. Um, okay. But it, it, I just think it's an amazingly powerful scene. It's fair. It it completely adds another dimension to the movie, which which ostensibly is about baseball. <laughs> like you're watching the whole movie, and it's a movie about kind of baseball and, and how how it's um how it's been America's pastime. And then the last scene, all of a sudden, uh, it transcends baseball and, and it becomes this more universal message um, about like family. And, and uh, after the scene, you get the immediate urge to, to call your parents and, and tell them how much you love them. Um, at least that, that's what it, it um, inspires in me. But uh, yeah, it's a really powerful scene. And uh, I find that you don't actually need to know anything about baseball to uh, to get um, the message of the scene, which I think is uh, the sign that that it's a good movie. I actually think it's one of the most underrated movies of all time. I feel like it's in the same vein as uh, like It's a Wonderful Life, the same sort of a uh, uh, like life affirming, inspirational movie. Um, but they don't play it every Christmas for some reason. <laughs> it is a great movie though. I do love it too. So so that was my obvious pick. I think that's like a famous scene that that makes people teary-eyed. Uh a less well-known one which I'm sure I I know Jeff has seen it. I'm not sure if you've seen it, Derek. The movie about Schmidt. Oh, I love that movie. Uh I don't think I've seen it, but I, I know uh, yeah, Jack Nicholson, right? Yeah, yeah so he he's stars in the movie. Um he plays a uh, this elderly guy, he's just retired and uh, he's coming to terms with the fact that his life has kind of been a failure. Uh, like his own, fa- like his wife cheated on him, his own family hates him and, and he just realizes how, how um, inconsequential his life has been. And, uh, and throughout the movie, as like a side plot, he sponsors a little african boy like the what you can like send 20 dollars a month um to to sponsor a child in africa right so he does that and as part of the the sponsorship he has to write letters to to the little boy so so the whole movie he's writing letters to the child and it's kind of comical because the letters are him pouring his heart out saying like my whole life is a failure and my family hates me and he's writing to like a six-year-old boy in africa um, so he's writing these letters, but then the last scene of the movie, uh, he finally gets a letter back from the child and, and I won't spoil it if you haven't seen it. Um, but what's in the letter and, and then Jack Nicholson's reaction to it, uh, just completely wrecks me every time I watch it. It's the last scene in the movie and, um, mm. it's like a perfect way to end the movie and, uh, uh, it like Field of Dreams. It, it makes you appreciate things in life that you might have taken for granted. But uh, it's a very powerful. Scene. It's very simplistic. Like right. if you, I think if you just watch the scene in isolation, you might even think it's silly. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you watch it in the context of the rest of the movie, it, it's very powerful. Uh, 
yeah, with the it, rest of the movie, I'm yeah, forming it. It's definitely a very underrated movie. Um, and he's great in it, too. He, he doesn't really play... Jack Nicholson usually plays, or he's famous for playing very brash, very, you know, outgoing people. And in this movie, I feel like he played against type. He was very different, uh, very subdued and more nuanced and not so abrasive at his other roles he's known for. So I, I definitely think it's a very underrated film as well. Yeah, I thought he should have won Best Actor that year. It went to uh, Adrian Brody. I looked it up. Well, for the pianist. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. yeah he, which, the youngest, uh, youngest which I also like. Oh, was he the youngest? I think he was, yeah. What yeah. about Anna Paquin? Anna Paquin, that's for best. She was, she was the youngest for best supporting actress. Actually, no, I think, uh, no, Tatum O'Neill yeah, was. Uh, t- the girl from uh, yeah. Paper Moon. Yeah, Tatum O'Neill. That's what I said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a really good movie, Paper Moon. <laughs> Yeah, it's movie. Right. now we're going off on tangents. But, okay, okay. Well, really so like that's that the two films that, that get you to cry. Yeah, I mean, there's there's many more than that, but those are the <laughs> two that immediately stick out. Okay. I, I, I would. Uh, oh well, I, I could recommend one more that, um, admittedly, did make me cry. Does make me cry when I watch it. Um, have you guys seen Paddington? No. No, I'd like to, though. I heard it's good. I heard both of them are so, good. Yeah, so I, I didn't know who Paddington was, admittedly, until I saw this movie. It's a bear from England. <laughs> and it's, it's it's like a really pop... It's like extremely ubiquitous in the UK. And it's fairly well known here in Japan, too. But I didn't really grow up with this character. So I didn't really have any emotional attachment to it. I don't know about you guys. But I, I heard of him, but but I yeah I wasn't um, that familiar with his history. So they a couple of years ago they made the movie, and uh, I really liked the movie. And they made a sequel to the movie. Uh, sequel's excellent as well. And there's a scene at the end of part two that from from that part from that one scene up until the credits roll it really um, puts me in an emotional state. And it's because this bear is doing everything he can to be a good, a good person. Like he's learned the ways of society. He's come to the UK from Peru and it's like, he can't do anything right. And he doesn't understand why. And it's really, they really build up the emotion well because he's just such a good person or bear at heart. But the people around him just treat him so poorly, mainly because of the way he looks. And it's also a statement for like people who have anti immigrant sentiment because some people just dislike him because he came as an immigrant. Right. Um, but it's just so sad because he's so naive and um, and it gets him into so much trouble. And then it all just culminates in, I, I don't want to say exactly what happens, but like it just culminates in this, um, this uh, very dire situation for him. And for me, it's just, it's like, um, I just really well up from from that from the 
concluding scene up until what happens at the the re- resolution of that scene up until the end of the movie is just so well done. So it seems like um just like a kids movie like a live version of a kids movie, but it I think it's a lot more than that. So that would be my not so well known choice. Um the Paddington both movies are very good. Um well, I, I was going to say, like, I don't really have an obscure movie that I cried on, but surprisingly, no joke, I, and it's going to sound weird when I say it, but I guess I saw it at a time in my life where it must have hit me very, very uh, strongly. But uh, the first time I saw The Godfather actually made me cry um, when I was, I think I was about 12 years old, and it was being re-released for, like, some anniversary thing. And I saw, I think I saw it on TV. And I don't know why. It just, it, it, there's something about the main character's potential now being used for something evil was just something that I just really felt bad about. Like, he had all this great potential. And now, you know, because of terrible things that have happened to him, it was like a, a Greek tragedy without the, the main character dying, but becoming bad, becoming evil. So that really affected me uh, as a uh, as a youngster. Uh, also, the lighting was great, but um, <laughs> it's a really well lit movie. Gordon Gordon Willis was excellent DP. Excellent, may he rest in peace. Anyway, um, but anyway, but that that was that was a movie that uh, a movie that I wouldn't normally say that is a tearjerker for sure, but definitely affected me. I actually watched it recently. I didn't cry. So obviously it was just I happened to be at a moment in my life where I was just sensitive to the, to the particular to the lighting. The lighting <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just had light sensitivity. <laughs> light sensitivity yeah. um, anything before anything you guys want to recommend? I've got something. Okay. Um, so obviously we're staying in our homes for the majority of the time. And I don't know about you guys, but I am trying to make sure that I stay healthy physically. And uh, one way that I've found to help me do that is through a YouTube channel uh, that you probably haven't heard of because it's from Japan called NHK World Japan. NHK being the national broadcasting uh, channel here. They have a channel on youtube which is geared towards foreigners and so the content is presented in english um and they have these five minute workout videos they're really short but they're really effective and you in five minutes you do a quick workout and your muscles are like sore the next day and uh i've been doing one a day and i just think they're really effective um, so I like the way that they're presented. I like the conciseness of them and, uh, but they're, but you know, they're really efficient. So if you go to the NHK world Japan account on YouTube and they have different playlists, one of the playlists is the five minute workout videos. You can check them out. Uh, I recommend giving them a try if you're trying to stay physically fit during these um unprecedented times uh it's funny i had something i wanted to recommend too um 
I, I'm a big fan of escape rooms, which obviously we can't uh, use right now. But um, I, I've noticed on the App Store, uh, they have games that are like escape rooms. They're a company named Rusty Lake, and they do something called Cube Escape. And they operate very similarly to an escape room. You're in a room, and there are clues, and you collect the clues and use objects. And it, it's been a great way of me exercising my escape room uh, desires without having to leave my home. So I'd like a Cube Escape games. Some of them are paid. Some of them are free. I would say check out a free one, see if you like it. And if you like it, I have a long collection of, of games on the App Store or anywhere you get your apps if you're interested. They're not paying me anything. I just think they're great. And if you like escape rooms like me, I think you'll really enjoy them. Is there, um, is, is there like a, a virtual guide that you can ask for hints? Like if you there get are stuck? Actually, well, there's not a, a guide per se, but there is a walkthrough. There's actually a forum, actually. There's a forum that actually is on Discord as well. Um, it's kind of funny. But also, oh, I should mention this too. The escape one escape room is time travel, eh, Eric? And then yeah. one, and then one is in the style of Van Gogh, of Van Gogh's paintings. You're in the room. You're in his uh, room that he was in Arlay, in France, and the the style of the escape room is all done in that that uh, impressionistic uh, painting. So I think it's 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 really cool if you like puzzles and games and and obscure. Uh, uh, ways of getting through a game. I think it's a lot of fun. Can I just cool. say that um, since you mentioned Van Gogh, uh, I was at a MoMA, Museum of Modern Art, uh, just before the, the pandemic hit, maybe in December. And uh, the number of people that crowd around Starry Night, Night to get yeah. a selfie is it's, it's it's ridiculous. Also, because all the other paintings, like all the thousands of paintings in the museum, are like one hundred percent accessible. You can walk right up to them. There's like no way, like nobody's looking at them. And uh, then you get to Starry Starry Night, and there's like a line, Starry like Starry Night, Starry Night, right? <laughs> That's the name of it. Um, and, and there's a line, like twenty people deep, of people uh, taking selfies. With the uh, with the painting, and uh, it's funny because there's so many great paintings next to Starry Night, which you can't see because human bodies are actually blocking them in order to get closer to Starry Night. Great painting. Uh, I did have anyway, um, I yeah. had a uh, one a uh, movie uh to not recommend because it's terrible. <laughs> I love Roy's not recommendations. They're really, really which, uh, cool. I don't know how I end up seeing these. I don't even know if you've heard of this one, Jeff. I'll be impressed if you've heard this. It's an Italian movie called Red Desert is the name oh, of the movie. Oh, I have heard that. That's, a, that's a Michelangelo Antonioni. I know that one. Wow. Yeah. Gold star for Jeff. Uh, yeah. Wait, you, uh, wait, you didn't like it? <laughs> oh, you saw it? You've seen it too? I have seen it, yeah. Of course. I had to see it. I had to, No, I'll tell you. I had to see it in film school. It was one Okay. Of I, I guess... Okay, that makes sense. This is like the type of movie they would force you to watch in film school. Right. <laughs> um, it's uh, <laughs> it's such a ridiculous movie. I watched it because 
my girlfriend found it on a list of uh, like uh, architecture movies, like movies that emphasize architecture. Yeah, uh, and she's an architect. Um, so we watched this movie, and uh, <laughs> it's just it's such a ridiculous movie. Like the the lines of die. So ostensibly, it's about um kind of I guess like industrialism, like the idea that industrialism is kind of uh, destroying our ability to to appreciate nature, and it's like how how industry is encroaching on on the beauty of of the world, uh, especially in Italy at the time. Um, but the lines of dialogue, <laughs> the main character is this woman who's just like losing touch with reality. And so there's one part <laughs> where she says, uh, she's like, my eyes, I don't know what to do with them. What should I be looking at all the time? And then the guy in response is like, you ask how to look, but I ask how to live. Isn't it the same? <laughs> it's supposed to be like this very dramatic scene. And uh, I don't know, maybe it gets lost in translation because the movie's in Italian. I think but, also uh, the, the themes were explored more in other films. And I, I think in the 60s, it may have been more bold, but I think other movies have explored the similar types of themes. And I, I think the, the message is not as poignant as it is back then. That's what I feel. Um, but I would recommend, if you want to see something of Antonioni that I think that you would really enjoy, I would recommend Blow Up. That I think is a great movie. Okay. I read that's that's his yeah. most famous. Yeah, that that was one of my favorite movies from the '60s that Jeff recommended to me. Uh, good for a lot of reasons, but um, even just the story, it's a good kind of what would you call it? Like a mystery, but it's also um, like surreal. A, got some surrealism. Yeah, and surprisingly, no joke. the The influence of that movie you can see in Austin Powers' Man of Mystery. No joke. Yeah, for sure. It's very, it's very strange. It's like, oh yeah, oh, and the Yardbirds are in it too, which is kind of funny. The Yardbirds are in the movie. That's a really, that's really cool. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, it's it's. I'll, I'll give a. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I say it's a mystery thriller, and but it's really well done. I would give it a shot. All right, I'm I'm gonna give Antonioni another shot. Uh after the disappointment from Red Desert. I, but I can understand, if that was your first introduction to him, I, that's a pretty, like, very into, and, like, you have, I feel like you have to lead into that one to get what he's going for, and I, I don't feel like it's, it's a good entry point into his filmography. So, anyway. I think Blow Up has a lot of the elements that are hallmarks of his films, but also it's a lot more, um, lot more digestible it's got a lot right. more um what's the word like it's a lot more uh accessible accessible yeah that's what i was looking for it's a lot more accessible um compared to his other work because it's, it's got like that good the good balance of accessibility but also kind of intrigue right i agree with that yeah Thanks for joining us today. Let us know if there's a topic you want us to cover by sending us a message at coast to coast to coast podcast at gmail.com. That's coast the number two, coast the number two, and then coast podcast at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts, comments, challenges, anything you'd like. Join us next week for our debate on what we consider to be the greatest books of all time. See you then.